Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor, Daphne Self. She is from Ambassador International, and you know I've had the pleasure of interviewing many of the authors from Ambassador International. They have a wonderful catalog of fiction. To get more about their books and more information about their company, go to ambassador-international.com. You will not be disappointed. I'm so excited for this show because I read Daphne's book, When Legends Rise, available on platforms everywhere. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. It was a wonderful sci-fi book. It has all the elements that I like, plus some interesting things, some twists and turns that made me want to strangle Daphne. A lot of things happen in this book. I know if I want to strangle Daphne, you're going to want to strangle her too, in a good way, because it's a really good book. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy of When Legends Rise on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. I want to thank you all for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to Patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date, go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest co-host today, Daphne Self. Daphne, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. I never take it lightly to have you. And you know how affected by this book I was. If I were to tell them what affected me, they will probably want to strangle you too. So for your safety, I'm going to keep you. Uh, we're going to make sure we keep the spoilers to a minimum. But I want our listeners to know so much more about you because I really enjoy meeting you through When Legends Rise. I want to talk about that in a few moments. But before I do that, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know where to begin on that. <laughs> it's always hard, isn't it? You could talk about other people when it comes to me. What do you want me to say? You know? <laughs> You know, so many people have so many sides to them, multifaceted, and that's what I feel like. But if I had to tell someone, who, you know, who I am, too many stories in my head and not enough time to write them. But I love telling stories. I want to show human condition. I want to show the love of Christ and how you can come to Christ no matter what. That's what I wanted to bring glory to his name and show it through the books I write. Now, tell us what you do when you're not writing. I play video games, usually on bad days because I have a chronic illness and some days I'm just like in too much pain, way too tired. So I'll play video games. I read books and oh, I collect rare books, first edition books. I've got some that was published in the mid 1800s and I paint. I've gotten into fluid art painting. 
And I started a new Instagram channel called Creative Cooking Today, where I'm introducing how to cook fresh meals and simple meals that are anti-inflammatory that will help people with chronic conditions. And so I've been kind of like learning that and experimenting, basically. And that's in my free time. (laughs) You said fluid painting. What exactly is that? A fluid painting is actually, you take acrylic paint and you usually use a medium like using uh, silicone or water. And if you go to YouTube, it's put in fluid paint, uh, painting. You'll see all kinds of YouTube videos about it. It's basically you dump the paint on there and you can either blow it or you can twirl it or pick up the canvas and just rotate it around to create shapes. And it's just a style of painting, more abstract than anything else. Okay, so it's more abstract. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, I was like, what do you do with that? You know, so appreciate you educating me on that. Now, you mentioned that you're a gamer, too. As a gamer, what games are you drawn towards that you tend to play? Minecraft, for sure. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so addicted to it. I guess because you can build, you can create stuff, and it's very relaxing in a way. I play Ark Survival, and not online, only because uh, people are coming and destroy my base if I did that, so I'd play as a single player. And Forza Horizon. That's the only racing game I'll play is that one. And I'm about to start back on Destiny. Awesome. For those of you who like gaming, I hope that really titillated your ears there. Tell us a little bit about how your writing journey began. Oh, it began a long time ago. Basically, I learned to read at a very early age. And when I was six years old, I wrote my first poem. And then I started like, hmm, I kind of like this idea of putting my stories on paper. And throughout my whole childhood, I would write little stories, a little bit here and a little bit there. And then when I was, um, I think I was about 14, I took an aptitude test and they wrote back and told me I just needed to live life a little bit long, you know, more to understand more. But I showed aptitude in writing. And it wasn't until I was about 16 and when I was in a, a junior that my teacher, he sat me down and he told me I was analytical, but at the same time, creative and to follow that dream of storytelling. And I started writing my own little stories. In my early 20s, I did submit. This is before I even knew about Christian fiction. I was submitting to the general market. And of course, I got rejected. And I'm glad I did because those books were horrible. (laughs) But I I never stopped. It was just sort of like, if I would play this what if game, I could sit, you know, sit on the bench, watch people in the mall. And all of a sudden, I'd be like, I wonder what they're doing today. What was their day like today? I see them talking. I'm like, I wonder what their conversation's all about. And it just began, just sparks of imagination. And I just had the urge, I had to get it down on paper. And I guess that's how it all started. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. That's very exciting. I also have been one of those people who always knew that I would be a writer. And that's extremely significant when you know your purpose, because there are some people still searching for their purpose. So I definitely understand where you're coming from in that regard, Daphne. Now, you started this project, When Legends Rise. What was the seed to this particular series? Well, I actually started it when I was in my 20s. It was totally different. And I think the only characters that remained the same was Huey and Abigail in the name Seth. Other than that, everything changed. But it started off, he was going to be, you know, Jules is a soldier. He was a soldier at the very beginning. But I'm like, I needed more. I needed something more in depth. And I started thinking about the movie that I absolutely love called Equilibrium with Christian Bale in it. What if they were conditioned to not feel 
And then I started, you know, then that Kurt Russell movie with, that's called Soldier. Yeah, I saw that too. Right. So what if you combined all of that, a little bit of Assassin's Creed and Halo, throw all that in there together, what do you get in that mix? And so I'm like, exactly. So I, that's how it all started. I'm like, I really had to make him basically a damaged hero. He had to be put through so much to be able to come out of it. And so that was just the beginning. And I revamped it. I sat down one day and I mean, I had like three scenes already written, you know, for years. But I sat down one day and I started looking at it and I'm like, all right, here we go. And I started. And I think I wrote it in about four months. So we have When Legends Rise. We talked about how it started. But go ahead and give us a taste of what the book is about. Jules is uh, kidnapped at a very early age, conditioned to be the ultimate soldier. They have four divisions, Juliet, Zulu, Sierra, and Echo. And each division has a certain job that they have to do. Well, Jules is the lead assassin, the Juliet division. But an ambush happens. He ends up being what they call uh, decommissioned, which means they don't have to kill him. So they, they don't care about him, basically. They're just a means to an end. So he runs. He's got to find his best friend, also his brother, not his biological brother. It is brother, I guess you say brother in arms, forged in fire. They claim he's sort of other as brothers. And so he's searching for him. And this begins his journey of not just healing, but self-awareness, because his memories have been erased or he's detached from his emotions. He's having to learn how to be a person, how to feel, and to learn about who he is. And throughout this, he's got people that he meets that's leading him, you know, to that healing. And so the story is about him, his healing and redemption. But the secondary character, Abigail, you know, she's the catalyst. Without her, he never would have gotten to where he was at. And so this whole book is just about the human condition, what we do and how we can overcome it. And so I don't know how much I can talk about without giving away spoilers because I don't even know what's a, what would be considered a spoiler because there's so much I want to be able to share. But, you know, if people can't read it, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> no, I understand. And one thing about When Legends Rise is that it is a sci-fi novel, so it has a lot of texture to it. And we visit certain places. And one thing I appreciate it, and I'm sure other listeners who are connoisseurs of sci-fi, they appreciate you did not have FTL, which is faster than light travel. And this is the technical part of the conversation. But why do you not include FTL? Because right now it is an impossibility. It's a mass versus fuel ratio problem. To reach the speed that you need, you have to have enough fuel, but the fuel adds mass. When you add more mass, you have to have more fuel. So it's just in a circle. You're just stuck there. So we don't have a way to make this faster than light. And we don't have a way to do these stable wormholes in a way. So I did something a little bit different called jump gate, where it creates not really a wormhole, but a quantum tunnel. I don't say quantum tunnel in the book, but basically that's what it is, where it brings two points of space together so they can jump from one to another. But I keep it within the solar system because they don't have that faster than light travel. And basically, we really don't understand a lot about it, you know, because closer you get to the speed of light, you know, slower time is. So, I mean, it kind of like throws a kink in everything if you really want to tell a story. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I appreciate that. I thought it was unique, too, because it took some time to travel through these jump gates. And the first thing I thought about was Stargate, obviously. The first thing I thought about was that. There's a lot of texture to this world as well. And so they visit a couple of places. They visit Mars and they visit the moon. Tell us about what a day on Mars would look like for the average visitor and what a day for being on the moon would look like. Okay, so say they went to Mars, it's like two compounds, and one of them has a huge research and division. I actually wrote an atlas and created an atlas that gave more to the world building. Mars was separated from Earth for a long time. It was actually a war, and they have a, a treaty. And so they still have their sovereignty, even though they're part of the global federated territories. But when, they, when someone goes to Mars, you know, they're going to go to basically compound two. That's where most of the visitors would go. And basically, it's, you're in a dome, a huge dome. It's just like visiting anywhere else. It's, uh, you got shops, you got bistros and restaurants and hotels. We have people who live there. You know, the people born there are much slimmer than those born on Earth because basically, you know, Mars has less gravity than Earth. So, you know, it is smaller. <laughs> but it's not much different than being a tourist somewhere on Earth. But when you go to the moon, the moon is, that's where they get their revenue is from the tourist attractions, people coming to visit. But it's a mining colony and it has a dome. But because money speaks, they made sure that you know, when you're in the uh, promenade, you have a view of the darkness of space above you. It is no longer an enclosed area. So they try to create kind of, I guess you say, like something similar to Mars. They have this dome above them where you can stay out. And I don't talk too much about the gravity there on the moon, but I do mention in a couple of areas about graph plates. And in a second book, we learn more about them. But basically, it's just miniature gravity inducing plates that help simulate the uh, gravity of Earth to help people walk and not bounce around like they would if you were visiting on the moon. If not, you'd be bumping your head on that dome every time you took a leap. <laughs> One of the things I liked about the texture you put into here is because it's so close to what we're currently experiencing now. Like right mm -hmm. now, at the date of this show, NASA is working to send the Artemis rocket to the moon to kind of get the lay of the land. And as of the date of this show, we have different observers, mechanical observers on Mars. We've got the Curiosity and a couple other ones over there. And there are plans to put boots on the moon and boots on Mars, <laughs> like 2030 and 2040, which is very exciting. So what made this particular book interesting was the near science, near future science of it that was very plausible and very realistic, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But in this book, obviously, they can travel faster to Mars than we could. <laughs> so they can get to Mars in a few hours, whereas now it'll take us two years to get to Mars, and then there's a way to come back. So I really like those aspects of the book that you put in there. Jules, as a character, is a very conflicted and a very complicated character. When we first meet him, he is very much void of emotion, and he's not aware of that because he's been made this way. But what forces him to act is what happens to his friend. Because when he had this incident happen, which is the beginning of the book, so it's not really a spoiler, when he gets injured in combat, his friend leaves him. And you kind of go like, what? <laughs> you know, why do you leave? So even though he's this quote-unquote unemotional man, his friend's desertion actually acts as a catalyst for him to go find him. So that's where you start from the beginning of the book. 
Now, for those of you who like tech stuff, I will almost do some of this as a cyberpunk a little bit because Abby's tech guru here. And there are some things here I didn't quite understand because I'm not tech savvy in that light, but it was definitely in there, Daphne. So when we're talking about this whole character, Jules, Jules is on the path of self-discovery, self-awareness. Lots of things are happening. But there are factions at war here. So let's talk about the factions real quickly. And I don't think it's too much of a spoiler sensitive. We got the GTF, I believe, or GFT. And we also got the coalition. Tell us what these two factions are. Okay, GFT, that's Global Federated Territories. Basically, in this futuristic version of our world, America doesn't exist. It's been split up. A lot of places don't exist. They've been split up into different territories. They combine together, but it's not all peaceful. Sometimes these territories break away and they still fight against each other. But sometime in the past, there was an uprising basically against the experimentation on the soldiers. A lot of religious factions rose and spoke against it. So the GFT uh, passed a law that they were being, you know, outlawing all religions unless it was GFT sanctioned such as the bishops of the faith, which I think you remember with Bishop Thomas, they were a benevolent society that helped people. And so they were only ones that were sanctioned by GFT, everybody else. And we're talking about other religions too, Buddhism, Universalism, Islam, all of these. But my goal, my focus was on the Christian coalition. These were the people who did not abandon their faith, but they lived outside of society. They have to barter for things. They have to live in hiding. And where they're at, you know, deep underneath the ice, that's where they have to stay to stay safe. And they don't go out into the territories because if they're found, if they're caught, they will be sent to a re-education camps or hills. And that's where the Juliet Division comes in. They used to hunt the Christian coalition. So basically, Christians who did not abandon their faith, that stood strong and still trusted God with who they were and that things will be okay in the end and in the future. But they didn't capitulate to an ignorant law, basically. And these factions are warring together, but not because they want to, it's just the way they created the situation. Like the GFT created the situation, right? One thing that Jules learns, and I love that when you approach this, there's nothing really preachy about the book, but there's a naturalness to it that I think a lot of people don't quite appreciate that, you know, just because you write Christian fiction, you don't want to make it a Mary Sue Christian fiction book. You don't want to make it, oh, well, I'm just going to come to the Lord with no questions asked, no issues, no problems or anything. <laughs> you know? And Jules, as he works through whether or not this is something he really wants to ascribe to, he does have serious questions. And then he has an experience that really makes him wonder if he could ever be a different person. So those are some of the things that happen in this book when legends rise. And so that leads me, of course, to my next question is, why did you title it When Legends Rise? I actually did a poll and um, did it with the Realms Maker Consortium. I had a list of stuff. One was called Glory Unseen, and that was based off of a song that I heard. And I know this band is not a Christian band, but some of their songs are really beautiful. It was uh, Godsmack. They had a song called When Legends Rise, and I started listening to it, and I'm like, this fits my character so well. And I'm like, but how can I incorporate this into the story? I'm like, well, this is what Jules becomes. This is what he starts creating. He starts creating a legend that will be told throughout all the years, 
you know, through the people in the coalition and even through his own descendants. And that's what I wanted to do is like when I did this story, when I did this title, I wasn't planning on it being, you know, a trilogy. And that's what it's going to end up being. And I'm like, but when legends rise, what is it? He's like a phoenix. He rises from the ashes of, you know, who they created him to be. He's come through all that, through the fire, basically. And he became someone new. So he's like a legend, a legend that just rose. And this is what people will be talking about years to come. And we'll get to see it in books two and three. And I love the way that you build it because legends grow. They grow in infamy, but this is the start of a legend and how this legend begins. So, yeah, definitely love the explanation for that title and definitely love the way you just incorporate it all. And believe you me, Daphne, I know when you don't plan on doing something, (laughs) it comes out because the story demands that the stories that you have to tell take place. So the next book, is it already out? Are you working on it? I am working on it. It's under contract and I'm on a a self-imposed deadline and I'm probably about almost two thirds of the way through it already. And I've actually, that's what I'm going to be working on later this afternoon is getting more of the scenes written. And this actually deals with uh, Jules' son and his grandchildren. And we can't wait to get with that. I've read the first part of it. And let me tell you, it just, it's highly intriguing. So I can't wait for you all to get your copy of When Legends Rise and then the next book, When Legends Come, I believe, right? Uh, what Legends Become. What Legends Come, yet? Yeah. So that's the next book in the series. But Daphne, I have enjoyed having you on the show today. We're at the end of it today. And I really want to thank you for being with me today. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you online? I've got a website, authordaphneself.blogspot.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at authordaphneself. I don't do Twitter, so, you know, even though I'm there, don't worry about it. I'm on YouTube. You just have to put in my name because my YouTube address is my old author name, DM Webb. But I'm on YouTube. And right now I'm on Discord also. And Discord's my gamer tag, which is psychedelic RBT. But you find me on Instagram, you find everything else. <laughs> and I'm so glad, Daphne, that you came We're here with me. Cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Awesome. I enjoyed it. And we were talking today to Daphne Self. She is the author of the book, When Legends Rise, part of the When Legends Rise series, available from Ambassador International. So go ahead, pick up your copy today. If you love sci-fi, if you love the texture of going uh, space travel, space opera, all that good stuff. When Legends Rise is definitely going to be the book for you. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today and make sure you follow her on her social media outlets. One thing I appreciated that Daphne said, she said that she has all these stories to tell and she wants to tell them. What are you doing? What are you working toward to tell your story? Go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.